Augustine Institute Radio Theater presents The Victory of Joan of Arc. This episode is brought to you by The Mission Circle, a community dedicated to daily prayer and a monthly financial gift in support of the Augustine Institute's mission to help Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. For more information, visit missioncircle.org. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode, A Holy Sacrifice. You confound me, Jeanne. Monsieur Loiseleur, have you come to extract yet another confession you may use against me in court? Cruel child, I am here to help you. Do you want to die? Do you understand the pain that awaits you on the stake? What do you want? I want you to think, Jeanne. You do not see how easily you can save your life. What of honour? What of faith? All I have done, I have for done King for... King Charles? Yes. And where is he now? Where has he been? Did he ransom you? Did he even try to ransom you? No. Where is his army? The army you inspired. Why has it not come to free you? Why have the ones you serve been absent? Because even now, your king is making deals with his enemies. He nods approvingly when they call you a heretic and a witch. You are lying. On pain of death, sir, I swear that my king is the most noble Christian of all. No one loves the church better than he. Will that bring you comfort when you burn on the stake? Tomorrow is your last chance, Jeanne. Once the verdict is declared, you will die slowly, painfully, like a pig on a spit. But I have here your means of escape. It is very simple. You admit that you are a miserable sinner who fell into error. Your revelations were a mistake, the result of a girl's confusion. You promise that you will not bear arms again or wear men's clothing. You'll submit to the church in all things and revoke all your words and deeds. This you do for the sake of our Holy Mother Church and God's good justice. You may sign this or be burned alive on the stake. Think about it, Jan. You are so young. You will have an extraordinary life ahead of you. Thursday after Whitsuntide, the 24th of May. Jeanne is moved to the cemetery of the Abbey of Saint-Ouen at Rouen and stands upon a scaffold in front of a large crowd. Jeanne, I ask you one final time to reconsider your position and recant. Hear me. Let all that I have said and done be sent to Rome, to our Holy Father the Pope, to whom after God I refer myself. As for my words and deeds, they were done at God's command. Blame not the King, nor any other, if there has been fault in my actions. The fault is mine and no others. Do you revoke your words and deeds? I refer me to God and to our Holy Father, the Pope. This will not suffice. Will you recant to all here who represent the Holy Mother Church? A moment, my Lord Bishop. Give me a moment 
consult with her. Be quick about it. Jan, listen to me. All night, I prayed that my voices would come to guide me. But I cannot hear them. Look at this scaffolding. Imagine yourself upon it, in flames. You need not say the voices were false, but that you yield to the court's decision that they were. Will you do that? I... I do not know. Please defer to the judgment of our Holy Mother Church. Yes. I will defer. Then here. Sign this quickly. A pen, a pen. Here's a pen. What is the delay, Louise She is signing the note of abjuration, my Lord Bishop. What? Here. It is signed. Say it. I want to hear her say the words. I, Jeanne, commonly called the maiden, a, a miserable sinner, recognising the snares of error in which I was held, and being by God's grace returned to our Holy Mother Church, confess that I have most grievously sinned in falsely pretending to have had revelations and apparitions from God, in believing foolishly and lightly, in making superstitious divinations, in blaspheming God and his saints, in breaking the divine law, holy scripture, and the canon laws, in cruelly desiring the shedding of human blood, in declaring that I did all these things by the command of God. Bring it to me. My Lord. Well then, having received her recantation and abjuration, I am duty-bound to proclaim that Jeanne has, by God's help, returned into the bosom of our Holy Mother Church and with contrite heart. Jeanne, you have openly renounced your errors. Therefore, we unbind you from the bonds of excommunication on condition that you offer as your salutary penance your perpetual imprisonment with the bread of sorrow and water of affliction. This court is adjourned. Take her back to her cell. Keep her safe. I will have your heads if you allow any harm to come to her. Tell me, Cochon, how could you let it happen? Let it happen, my Lord Luxembourg? How was I to stop it? Never in my wildest dreams did I expect her to recant. But she did. The King of England and his dukes are not pleased. You may find it difficult to believe, but I am a bishop of the church and <sighs> obligated to the salvation of that girl's soul. <laughs> she recanted. 
we should be rejoicing. <laughs> and remember, I have imprisoned her for the rest of her life. She will be no trouble to the Burgundians or the English. She will be endless trouble. Wherever you put her, there will be those who will attempt to free her. If Charles rises to power or military might, he will seek to rescue her. You have made her a living martyr. For that, you may well become one yourself. A martyr, I mean. Not living. I, uh... I feel strange, Father. I have not worn a dress since... Uh, vos couleurs. My red one. What am I to do with your old clothes? I do not know. Put them in that sack, and do with them whatever the bishop desires. Was it necessary to shave my head? It is a sign of true penitence. When may I go to Mass? I do not know. But surely we can do something about those leg irons. Hmm? Guard! What do you want? May I now be free of these irons? <laughs> Making demands now, are we? It is a reasonable question. Perhaps when you are moved to a church prison, Jeanne, we can do something... church like... prison? <laughs> That's more than I know. Out. Captain! Mais capitaine! Get out! I want to be alone with the prisoner. Capitaine, have you come to escort me to... Do not speak, witch. Get out, father. You as well, soldier. Yeah, but, Captain, my, my orders are Your to... orders are what I tell you to do. Get out, and take the priest with you. But, Capitaine, I must protest. Walk <laughs> out, or be dragged out. Soldier, stop dawdling. Get him out of here. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Captain. Come, Father. But this is highly irregular! What is this, Capitaine? We paid a high price for you, witch. You belong to us now. My Lord Bishop! What is it? You must come to the tower. Why? I fear what the captain will do to the maiden. <sighs> what the captain attempts is vile and terrifying. And only by the grace of God is Jeanne able to fight him off. But her dress is torn, and she must once again wear her soldier's clothes. She weeps and praise. Jeanne! Stand up, girl. What happened? Why did you leave me with him? I had no choice. Why are you wearing those clothes? They are mine. You have sworn to put them off. To wear what, my Lord Bishop? The dress torn from me by the English Capitaine. These clothes are my only protection. We will find you another dress. You may find one, but I will not wear it. You promised. I was foolish to trust you. The English will never allow you to remove these chains. They will have me burned no matter what you promise. I was wrong to sign the oath. Tear it up. You cannot. I can, and I do. My voices have said so. St. Catherine and St. Margaret have both rebuked me for my treason. Treason? When I consented to abjure, I committed treason. 
They said that in trying to save my life, I could forfeit my soul. I disobeyed them. They said that if I declared God had not sent me, I would damn myself. For, in truth, I was sent from God. To deny him is to be denied by him. I recanted only for fear of burning in the fire. Now I see that burning for eternity is a far worse thing to fear. This is your final word, Jeanne. I will suffer no more from you. Summon your judges. Assemble your court. Do what you will. I choose my obedience to God over your declaration of heresy. Do you think it matters what I wear now? The 30th of May, 1431. Jeanne, it is time. This is what it has come to. To be treated so horribly and cruelly. My body burned to ashes. I would rather be beheaded seven times than burned. They will have it no other way. Oh God, my great judge, have mercy on me. His mercy will be shown to you. Kneel now. Give me your confession. Then you will partake of the body and blood of our Lord. Bishop Cochon, his clerks and assessors, gather at the old market of Rouen, near the church of Saint-Sauveur, to make public their declaration regarding Jeanne. A hundred English soldiers surround the executioner's cart and scaffold. Jeanne of Donremy, you have been found by this court to have relapsed into diverse errors and crimes of schism, idolatry, invocation of devils and various other misdeeds. Therefore, we declare that you are a relapsed heretic. And by this sentence, we denounce you as a rotten member, which, so that you shall not infect the other members of Christ, must be cast out of the unity of the church, cut off from your body, and given over to the executioner. Yet, once more, we admonish you to look to the salvation of your soul and to repent and show true contrition for your crimes. I repent of nothing, except my weakness when I did not heed God, who spoke to me through St. Catherine and St. Margaret. Good or bad, they appeared to me, my Lord Bishop, and now I die through you. Then go in peace. The Church can no longer defend you and delivers you up to justice. I commend my soul to God, the Virgin Mary, the saints, and I ask forgiveness of the judges, the English, the King of France, and all the princes of the kingdom. I declare once more 
that all I have done in obedience to God, I have done alone and not the king. Executioner, perform your office well. Yes, my lord. Come along, girl. A cross. Father Monsieur, I beg you for a cross. I will find you one. Wait. I have this. A cross I have fashioned for my daughter. You may have it. Merci. You are a kind Englishman. God give me the strength to cling to it until I can do no more. Get on with it. Some of us are hungry. Unless you plan to feed us as well. <laughs> May you suffer little and die nobly. I pray that you, or the people of Rouen, will not suffer for my death. Is there a missile that might be read to me? No, child. Ah, well. I wonder, where shall I be this evening? <laughs> do you not have hope in God? Yes, I do. With God's help, <laughs> I will be in paradise. <laughs> oh, Saint Catherine and Saint Margaret, be with me now. Jean Massieu, you were with Jeanne for the entire execution. You retrieved a cross from the Church of Saint-Sauveur. I held it high so that she may see it, even to the threshold of death. She never took her eyes from it. Throughout, she proclaimed the name of Jesus. Jesus! She confessed aloud that holy name, Jesus. imploring and invoking without ceasing, Jesus. until she gave up the ghost, Jesus. bowing her head and uttering once more, Jesus. once she was dead, the English then pushed back the fire to prove that she was no more, as if to show that she had not escaped, nor might be resurrected somehow. And I heard weeping, and a canon of Rouen say, I pray that my soul will go to where I believe this woman's soul to be. The English then gathered up her ashes and threw them into the River Seine.
You asked for me, my Lord Bishop? Yes, Monsieur Monchon. We must complete the documents of the trial. Well, in what way? All has been properly recorded. We must uh, make changes. Hmm? Well, there are those who attended her execution who heard her say blasphemous things. I want those inserted in the record. I was at the execution, my lord. She said nothing blasphemous. She cried out to Satan. She did not. She said she would be rescued by her voices, and she was not. Bishop, why would you add lies to your lies now? She is dead. Not in the minds and hearts of the weak-minded. You saw how many of the English soldiers wept. And there are those who are already claiming that the trial was illegal. Her death was an act of corruption. We need to protect ourselves. I need no protection, Bishop. I want a letter of warranty from the King of England himself. Eminence? His promise that none of us will stand trial for our part in her execution. Yes, that is what must be done. Monsieur Monchon, are you going to help me in these matters? I will not, my Lord Bishop. What? I too wept at her burning. I know it will take me a very long time to get over what we did to her. Then you are dismissed. May I sit? As you like. Merci. Can I uh, buy you a drink? I have one. Another, then. I can tell you are an unhappy man. Do I know you? You look familiar. Yes, I am often seen. My name is Mouchard. Huh. You are Geoffrey Terrage, the executioner. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I assume it's a hard task. It depends. Some deserve hard justice. Peasant girl, happy to take on that job, I'd said. I detested her. I swore I would light the kindling with my own hand, and I did. But I heard her calling on the name of Jesus. Even up to her last breath, I stood thunderstruck. I could not move, nor breathe. I thought... I am like the centurion at the crucifixion of our Lord. Too late. I realized who I was killing. She was not your normal criminal? Not at all. There was nothing normal about her execution. I thought... I hardly know how to say it. But I thought I saw a white Dove emerge from the flames and fly towards France. <gasps> and then there was the heart. The heart? <sighs> when we attempted to gather up her ashes, her heart was there, intact and full of blood. It would not burn. I even added more wood, oil, sulfur, charcoal, but it would not burn. What is a man to make of such things? 
I thought a drink would help dull the pain, but it has not. I feel something akin to despair. I need a priest. I have greatly sinned. I must beg for pardon and indulgence from God. The girl was innocent. Was she? Oh, yes. If you knew her, I fear I will be damned. For what? I burned a holy woman. The 21st of September, 1435. King Charles VII and Philip, the Duke of Burgundy, reach a diplomatic agreement that establishes peace between the French and the Burgundians, placing the English without an ally in France. It is only a matter of time before the English are driven entirely from the country. In 1449, King Charles enters Rouen and is given the records of Jeanne's trial. He is outraged at the injustice against the maiden. He begins a campaign to remove the verdict of witchcraft and heresy. In 1455, Pope Calixtus III authorizes a new trial. Hearings commence, calling witnesses from every part of Jeanne's life. The 7th of July, 1456, Jeanne is absolved and declared innocent of all accusations against her. The 16th of May, 1920, Jeanne is canonized. On that occasion, Pope Benedict XV, in his papal bull Divina Disponente, declares that, the gazes of all Christians must turn to the new saint, who to carry out divine orders, abandoned her family, left female occupations, took up arms, and led the soldiers to battle. Then she did not fear death threats or the unjust sentence which condemned her to be burned. Knowing that she was innocent and not a heretic, witch, apostate and recidivist, surrounded by flames, she offered prayers and supplications and repeated that she had done everything by God's will until, finding strength in seeing the cross, she gave up the spirit. Her example is before the eyes of all those who endure unjust suffering, so that they await reparation from the just and eternal judge with a serene spirit. Jeanne, what has been your mission? My voices sent me to the Dauphin to see him crowned in Reims, to end the siege of Orléans, and to help drive the English out of France so our nation could once again be united. How do you summon your voices? I call upon God and Our Lady that they send me counsel and comfort, and thereafter they do send them to me. When you call upon God, what words do you pray? Most gentle God, in honour of your holy passion, I call upon you, if you love me, that you reveal to me how I should speak and act. For this, please you to teach me. Do you believe that you will go to heaven? 
In all things I trust in God. That is an important answer. That is why I hold it to be a great treasure. Augustine Institute Radio Theater is a production of the Augustine Institute. The Victory of Joan of Arc was written and directed by Paul McCusker. Our producer was Todd Bastide, and our executive producer was Dr. Tim Gray. Sound engineering, design, Foley, and mix were created by Todd Bastide at Gap Digital, with Foley engineering by Yahir Vergara. Our original score was composed and produced by Jared DePasquale. Our casting director and language consultant was Daniel Philpot, with production assistance by Odette Robertson. Our production was recorded at the Sound House Studios in London, with engineering by Wilfredo Acosta. Our talented cast featured Heather Forster as Joan of Arc, with Harry Lloyd as Mouchard and Finty Williams as the interviewer. In Vaucouleur, you heard Anthony Howell as Robert de Baudricourt, Alex Wilson as Jean de Metz. The priest of Vaucouleur was played by Clive Mendes. And the servant of Vaucouleur was Jack Elliott. The members of the royal court and its various officials included Tom Byrne as the Dauphin, Charles VII, Robert Portal as Georges de la Tremoille, Roger May as the Archbishop Regnaud de Chartres, Nicholas Bolton as Count Dunois, Janie D. as Yolande of Aragon, Andrew Bicknell as Raoul de Gaucourt, and the servants were Adam Goodbody and Ben Elliott. The tribunal at Poitiers included Robert Benfield as Lombard, Guy Siner as Emery, and Robert Duncan as Brother Seguin. Joan's military commanders and mighty soldiers were Peter Morton as La Hire, Ben Lloyd Hughes as the Duke of Alençon, Max Marston as Gilles de Ré, Paul Panting as Guillaume de Gamache, Dominic Hecht as Bertrand de Poulogny, Milo Callahan as Louis de Coutte, Jolien Croy as Jean Dolon, Christopher Milne as the Captain de Flavie, Andrew Harrison as Zantraille, Tom Alexander as Barretta, and Leander Dini as Dilber. Joan's spiritual help and family were Joseph Timms as Father Pasquerel, Richard Everett as Father Robert, Mark Noble as Jacques d'Arc, and Rachel Atkins as Isabel d'Arc. Joan's various adversaries throughout her campaigns were Peter Gerald as William Glasdale, Mervyn Stutter as the Duke of Granville, Ben Ayres as the English archer, and Rupert Farley as an English soldier. The members of the English court and in the prison for Joan's trial were James Daniel Wilson as John of Luxembourg, Julian Wadham as the Duke of Burgundy, Sophie Ward as Isabel of Portugal, Chris Larkin as Bishop Cochon, Jeremy Clyde as Le Maître, Christopher Fairbank as Captain Grayson, 
Daniel Philpot as Father Massieu, Oliver Dimsdale as Loiseleur, Philip Sherlock as Manchon, David Calder as Fontaine, James Boyd and Tom Dusek as the Tower Guards, and Mel Raido as Jeffrey Terrage. Our multi-voiced ensemble included Alice Kerrigan, Genevieve Lewis, Suki Stedman, Bethan Rose Young, and Odette Robertson. Augustine Institute Radio Theater's presentation of The Victory of Joan of Arc is a production of the Augustine Institute. For more information, go online to airtheater.org. That's A-I-R theater.org. I'm Christopher Bloom. Thank you for listening. <laughs>